0: This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing of a wound. Just a quick spray or dab can help with a wide range of issues ranging from cuts, scrapes, sunburns, rashes, including stubborn diaper rashes. I discovered Active Skin Repair Baby when my daughter had wicked diaper rashes and it's now part of our diaper rash routine. Apply and then use your balm or ointment of choice. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five star reviews, you now have one simple solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit Active Skin Repair to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your first order by using code PEDSDOC. That's 20% off your order by using code P-E-D-S-D-O-C.
1: On average, new mothers and new fathers get about six and a half hours of sleep which doesn't sound too terrible, except it's broken up into nickels and dimes. So you don't get that efficient, continuous sleep that really you need to feel rested and restored. And sometimes you're not even getting six hours, you're getting, that's on average. So some people are getting five or four hours. It turns out that we use sleep deprivation with the sound of crying babies over loudspeakers to prepare Navy SEALs to endure torture. We use it at Guantanamo to stress out the prisoners there, to make them share their secrets. I mean, literally, it is torture. And there's a big lie that we tell ourselves and that parents are told today, which is completely untrue, which is that babies need mothers and fathers, or babies need their parents. I mean, of course, that's true, but parents are not meant to take care of babies. Families are meant to take care of babies. No one was meant to have a baby by themselves.
0: Welcome back to the Peds Doc Talk Podcast. This show continues to grow because of you and your reviews, a podcast where I get to welcome the most amazing guests to chat about all things parenting, child health, child development, and parental, mental, and physical health. Today's guest is a repeat guest, and he likely won't need an introduction because you may know him already. He's Dr. Harvey Karp, a world renowned pediatrician and child development expert. He's the co founder and CEO of Happiest Baby and the creator of Snoo Smart Sleeper. He's also the author of the best selling parenting guides, The Happiest Baby on the Block and The Happiest Toddler on the Block. He was on my show show to talk about the five S's of newborn sleep. And he's joining me today to talk about the connection between the lack of postpartum sleep and postpartum depression. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Harvey Karp.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad to be here, Dr. Mona. Pleasure to see you again.
0: Yeah, pleasure to see you. I'm happy to connect with you again. Obviously, the other episode we recorded talked about the five S's of newborn sleep. So if you have not listened to that, you have to already. But if you can introduce yourself for anyone who may not know you, how you came up with the Happiest Baby franchise and everything that you do for newborns and toddlers and families around the world.
1: Well, thanks. Well, I'm a pediatrician like you Mm -hmm. and um, practiced for about 30 years uh, in California and trained in pediatrics and child development. And then started writing some books and making videos to teach parents or guide parents through the early years of a child's life. So worked on babies and how to help parents be more successful with babies through something called the five S's and the fourth trimester in a book called Happiest Baby on the Block. And then uh, worked with parents on children from eight months to six years of age on how to be a better communicator, improve emotional resilience and patience and cooperation and all those wonderful things yes. we try to get out of our toddlers and the happiest toddler on the block. And then lately I um, created a robotic or a special baby bed, responsive baby bed called SNOO that uh, parents are using to improve infant sleep and keep their baby safer at night.
0: Yeah. And we talk about, you know, newborn sleep, like I said, in that other episode, and I can't wait to have you back on again, hopefully in the future to talk about toddlers, because I know you share a lot of love and education for toddlers and toddler development. So do I, I am currently a toddler mom have expect or have another baby on the way, depending on when this episode is going live. But um, I love toddlers as well, and so we'll have to have you back on because that is my favorite age to discuss as well. But you know, this is a piggyback of the other conversation that we had. The connection between the lack of sleep, um, which a lot of parents just kind of throw their hands up and say, well, this is how it's going to be. But how that lack of sleep connects with postpartum depression, even just postpartum anxiety, and even more so, you know, we obviously know there's more than just postpartum depression, and anxiety. So how can this lack of sleep postpartum affect parental mental health?
1: Well, or anyone's health, postpartum mm-hmm. or otherwise, I mean, sleep deprivation Exhaustion, new stressors, especially things that you don't have control over, are massively, you know, kind of corrosive on your self-concept and on your optimism. The interesting thing, of course, is when you're having a baby, of course, a lot of women get sleep deprived towards the end of pregnancy anyway, right? It can be hard to get a good night's sleep, but you're usually filled with a lot of optimism for how you're going to be and how the baby is going to be and also fear how everything's going to happen. There's kind of whiplash almost between excitement and joy and and nervousness. But it turns out that, you know, when you have a baby, oftentimes you're waking up every couple of hours and... On average, new mothers and new fathers get about six and a half hours of sleep, which doesn't sound too terrible, except Mm -hmm. it's broken up into nickels and dimes. So you don't get that efficient, continuous sleep that really you need to feel rested and restored. And sometimes you're not even getting six hours. You're getting, that's on average. So some people are getting five or four hours. It turns out that we use sleep deprivation with the sound of crying babies over loudspeakers to prepare Navy SEALs to endure torture. We use it at Guantanamo to stress out the prisoners there to make them share their secrets. I mean, literally, it is torture. And there's a big lie that we tell ourselves and that parents are told today, which is completely untrue, which is that babies need mothers and fathers or babies need their parents. I mean, of course, that's true. But parents are not meant to take care of babies. Families are meant to take care of babies. No one was meant to have a baby by themselves or to be a single parent. It's with your cousin, your aunt and uncle, your mom, your grandmother, your next door neighbor's older daughter held the baby more than you did because you were busy cooking and cleaning and doing other things to take care of the family. And so it's important for parents to understand today to pat themselves on the back and to recognize that what you're doing is immense. No moms and dads did that ever in the history of babyhood. Everyone had help and had extended family around. And a lot of people are doing this while holding down, you know, one or two jobs at the same time. So it's important to understand that you should give yourself some slack and that those first months, it's normal for you to feel stressed, exhausted, and kind of pushed to the edge during that period.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, especially we're recording this after, well, we're still in a pandemic officially, but after the peak of the pandemic, which really threw a bigger wrench in all of this, right? There was lack of any ability, even if someone wanted it for those early months of the pandemic to have that community, which I also was a pandemic parent. And my fourth trimester was before the pandemic started. So I was able to have my mom around. And like you said, it has Mm -hmm. a huge impact to have that help, that community. And that is how we did that in the past. And so many parents are feeling like, well, I'm not able to do this alone. So I'm not a good enough mom. Like, how come I can't soothe my baby all the time? How come I'm doing this alone and I have to handle X, Y, and Z? And it leads them down that path of, depression. You know, I've seen it. I like you, you've seen it as well in your practice and I'm sure, you know, through all the people you talk to and it's a scary place to be, you know, it's a scary place to feel that depression, but also feel like you're not good enough as a parent Mm -hmm. when this is literally your first few months of being a parent. Like there's a lot more parenting to happen. Like there is a lot more to come. Like I agree. I'm in the same boat that I don't want parents to feel dejected and that this is failing right from the beginning.
1: How many people do you say suffer from this? What what do you kind of say in your practice?
0: So I would say it's gotten way worse in the pandemic. And I think the pandemic, mm-hmm. like we said about the isolation, the lack of being able to create that community, even if you wanted mm-hmm. to, because of the early parts of social distancing, I would say that I'm seeing in my practice, I'm still practicing, obviously, I would say like, I see about 50 to 60% of some signs of More than just postpartum blues in in women, Uh postpartum depression. I am having a lot of conversations with women about postpartum depression. And also, my little segue to that is I think we don't talk about how this impacts male partners, too, you know, non birthing partners, including male partners, because I think, of course, we understand that women do experience it, but I have seen it in men too. You know, I have Mm -hmm. fathers coming in with the sleep deprivation that we're talking about feeling like, you know, I can't do this. They're feeling stressed. They're working there, you know, while their wife is maybe at home with no maternity leave or with maternity leave. And it affects the whole family dynamic, like you said, and it doesn't just affect affect postpartum, like lack of sleep affects us until even if we have a teenager or don't have Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's lack of sleep and the anxiety about Mm -hmm. am I doing it right? Am I doing it enough? Am I succeeding in the way I expected? Because that's really corrosive as well. But I agree with your numbers. I think that the studies during pandemic, it was really, you know, 30 to 40% of normal mothers um, have been reported to have clinical depression. And now probably it's at least 20% or more with really a clinical depression where they need to see a therapist yeah. and get help or medication. And I think it's important to say when people think about depression, postpartum depression or postpartum mood disorders, what doctors often call it, it's not always what you think it's going to be. In other words, you know, boohoo, crying, feeling desolate, feeling incredibly sad. Uh, those are the things we think about mm-hmm. when we think about depression, you know, being listless, not wanting to eat, not sleeping well. But for Many, many parents. This depression, postpartum depression, is an anxious depression. Your mind won't turn off. Your mind is racing. You're constantly afraid of everything. You know, uh, oh my God, could I drop my baby? Could the baby's head split open? You know, when I'm crossing the street, what if I drop my baby? What if a car comes? Intrusive thoughts come into your head that you can't quite shut off. It's not exactly voices per se, but these worries, these tracks of, did I do it right? Am I sure? What did it? What was I thinking? having a baby. I never should have done this. I was so foolish. You know, I thought it would be something else. Obsessive behaviors, turning the light switches on and off four times, washing your hands six times before you touch the baby and six times. I mean, I don't know about you,
0: but warmer, sunnier days mean more time outside, more activities with the family, and less time to think about what to eat. Fuel up for the summer with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, dietitian approved, and is easy to warm up. I dream of their spicy jalapeno lime cheddar chicken daily. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Factor meals feel like a treat when I'm in mom-boss mode, working from home, or taking care of the kids with restaurant-style meals with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormealscom talk 50 and use code Talk 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PedsDocTalk50 at factormealscom Talk 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I have the perfect gift for Father's Day, melon premium headwear. These are the best hats and worth every penny. Check all their five-star reviews if you don't believe me. Without a doubt, the most durable and comfy hats you can find. My husband is hat obsessed, but he's been wearing the same old beat-up hat that was losing its spark in heat and sweat. We got some melon headwear, and now he just can't get enough. Melon hats are built to last five times longer than any other hat. And my favorite part... No more gross hat smell. With natural antimicrobial properties, sweat doesn't break down the hat. No sweat stains and no smell. And if you need to wash it, they come right back to life and look brand new. They offer three different size options to fit everyone's head. Our favorite is the legend hat. My husband wore it to an outdoor party and he got tons of compliments. Use code PEEDSTOCK at checkout for 30% off your order. If you're trying to figure out a Father's Day gift, trust me, this is exactly what they want. Go to meli and use code PEDSDOC at checkout for 30% off. Mellon rarely offers discounts, so don't miss this opportunity.
2: Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
1: These things sound freakish, but actually they're very common and they can sneak up on you, that you just start feeling like you want to run away. And in part, that's like we said, it's because you should have people helping you. Today, if you have a nanny, you're well off. Yeah. But 100 years ago, everyone had five nannies, mm-hmm. your grandmother, your aunt, your older sister. And so it's important for people to recognize that feeling overburdened is not a sign of deficiency. It's really mm-hmm. kind of normal. And it does make sense to reach out for help, even just to say to a friend, can you come over and wash the dishes? Yeah. Or can you just bring me a lasagna or a casserole? Yeah. I'll pay you back You, know, when the baby is older. This is the time to be vulnerable and ask for help.
0: Well, I will say there is also a very predominant culture in this modern parenting age, which I don't know where it came from, but it happens in that women especially don't feel like they can ask for help, even if they have it, mm-hmm. right? And that can be partly maybe due to the worries that no one else can take, like a lot of moms feel, well, no one can take care of the baby like I can, and I need to be the one, I need to be the one to rock them and feed them, and maybe they're breastfeeding and they don't pump and there's no one to help with feedings, but then it goes to what you just said, the Help can come in other ways, food cleaning, all the things that really, like we said, like I talked to my mom and, you know, she grew up in India and, you know, how it kind Mm -hmm. of worked with her siblings. And like you said, everyone helped. And it wasn't that you had to help with the baby. You also just helped with the home, which takes a lot of burden off of the person who delivered a baby or had a baby. And so this misconception that we can't ask for help and that we're less of a, I will speak as mothers. I hear it commonly that we're less of a mom. If we ask for help, no, like you just said, this is part Mm -hmm. of raising a kid. And this is something it's going to go forever. Like you can't do this alone. Like you're going to need yeah. resources and asking for help. And if you can afford childcare, but even if you can't like leaning on loved ones for emotional and physical support is so important. I, I agree with you.
1: Yeah. It's really part of the cancel culture, yeah. you know, mentality. And, um, you know, for example, breastfeeding is really the best for moms and the best for babies but it doesn't always work out i mean for some women it's not practical for some women they just can't do it for one reason or another and that's why you know we have lactation consultants to help but we also have formula and we have to help people recognize that if they can't do it they can't or if they choose not to because it's not right for them that doesn't mean that they're a failure and we see that a lot in people who use Snu parents who use new, they're told, oh, you're cheating, you know, because your baby's sleeping an extra hour or two and you have this help of rocking your baby, Yeah. but you're supposed to get help. Yeah. And ultimately... It's not mommy, mommy, mommy every single second. You know, you're supposed to be able to pass your baby off to grandma or to someone else and be able to get an hour or two to yourself to do other things. That's normal for mothers and fathers to expect. And you're right about that. It's about 25% of the partners of parents with postpartum depression also experience postpartum depression and anxiety. So it is a kind of a hidden suffering that a lot of people don't talk about.
0: Yeah, that the one upping is such a common thing in parenting, not only Mm -hmm. one upping good things, but one upping being like a woe is me mentality. Like, well, I'm suffering more than you. So I'm more of a mom, meaning I'm not using devices that help my child sleep. So I must be a better mom. But it comes down to, hey, what are we doing to support the needs of that family? And if the family wants to have that support, that's wonderful. Like we should be I always say we should celebrate help, always celebrate help, whether it's about this new smart sleeper or whether it's a someone coming in to help you with meals. Like we tend to not want to celebrate help. And I'm all about celebrating help. Like on my platforms and as a mo- young mom, I'm like, Nope, I will tell you when I'm having help and I will normalize it because I don't always have it, you know? And I think it's sure. something that I really want more parents to appreciate as well and be okay with saying I need help and I'm going to get it. And I'm going to be grateful for it when I have it, because it is something that really helps our mental health and the function of the entire home.
1: Exactly right. And so now we're interested in studying that when it comes to postpartum depression. Yeah. We completed a study that is going to be published probably by the middle of 2023, which is uh, was down in Australia with women with insomnia. And we used cognitive behavioral therapy, which is something that we use to help women try to sleep better compared to women who didn't have any help at all, compared to women who use snoo. And what was interesting in that study is that By six months of age, women using SNU, I mean, SNU is for babies, but the women who were using it were sleeping 40 minutes longer at night, which, again, getting to that sleep deprivation leading to mental stress becomes an important association. And we just are wrapping up a study at the University of Colorado using SNU again with women who had prior depression. When you have a prior history of depression, it doubles or triples your risk of depression the next time around. And so we're just analyzing that data. But it makes sense that by increasing sleep and reducing crying, we should be able to help some of these families. That's really the hope and the goal. But we don't have that data yet to be able to publish. Oh,
0: that'd be great to know. I imagine that it will have an effect um, just from hearing the design and obviously what we're trying to do. You know, we already talked about, well, not nearly as much detail as I would have loved to on our last episode about the five S's of newborn sleep. But what do you wish parents would know about those first four months? Like as a final message, like what do you want parents to remember? What do you want parents to kind of think about when they feel like they're struggling or even if they're not struggling in those first four months?
1: Well, I think that that, as you said, there are tools that Mm -hmm. we can reach out to. I mean, the best tool is getting help from friends and family. And that's fantastic, but it's not always accessible for people. And so using things that will help improve an infant's sleep. And now we know a lot about that. For example, white noise can be a helpful tool mm-hmm. that's, you know, just use it on your phone or are white noise machines. It's fairly inexpensive, but can be a very successful way. Swaddling is another help. Putting those together in terms of the use of snoo, we've measured now 500 million hours of infant sleep. And we've demonstrated not only do babies sleep an extra hour automatically, which is kind of what they would do if you drove them in the car all night anyway, but then you wouldn't sleep. And what's really interesting is by two months of age, we're seeing Normally, a two-month-old will get a five-hour stretch of sleep. In snoo, on average, we're seeing almost a seven-hour stretch of sleep. Mm-hmm. And that means parents by two months can get more effective sleep, so they can kind of be the parents that they want to be. And- get ready for going back to work. And many people get this new for free now through their employers. So the hope and the goal is that people can use the tools that are available so that they can feel more successful and that they can be more available to their kids all day long, which is when their kids are going to need them the most.
0: Yeah. And not feel like they're failing because you're not, you're not failing everybody. It's such a feeling that I, I, and I talked to so many moms in that first four months, that fourth trimester that really do feel like they're not doing anything right. And whether it's with sleep, I mean, like really the basics in that first few months, which you actually talked about before, being able to feed your baby, soothe your baby, and then obviously with sleep, right? And if the, one exactly. of those three things you mentioned in the other episode, the, the three legs of a stool, if one of those things are not working, everything collapses. And it's true, I see that. You know, I see when no. the feeding's not going well with breastfeeding or the sleep is all over and the parent is not getting, even that little stretch that you mentioned. Like- We're so oh, quick to judge yeah.
1: ourselves. We're yeah. so quick to judge ourselves and to be judged by others. And it's pretty funny because no one judges you if you use a vacuum cleaner to clean your house. They don't say, oh, you should only sweep with the broom. Yeah. Or if you use a blender to make food, these are just tools to use. And yes. when you're a new parent, you better take advantage of all the help and all the tools you can use.
0: I love it. Well, always a pleasure. I'm so glad we could connect again on the show. And I hope we can do another episode, like I said, about toddlers. Um, I would love to talk about that because I love my toddler and I love talking about toddlers. Where can people stay connected, especially with the Happiest Baby resources?
1: Well, anyone can get more information about postpartum depression and babies and infants and toddlers and all for free at happiestbaby.com. That's our, our website. And so we welcome everybody to, to come and visit.
0: Well, I will be adding all of these resources to the show notes. And as always, Dr. Karp, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Marna.
0: Thank you. And for everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check out all of the amazing resources on the happiest baby website. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review, call out Dr. Carp and his amazing information. And don't forget to listen to our other episode, the five S's of newborn sleep. I cannot wait to welcome another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review, share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, PedsDocTalkTV. We'll talk to you soon. Have you heard about the terrible twos or three nagers Yes, the toddler years can be tough. There is no denying that any phase of parenting can be really hard. There may be picky eating, tantrums, and struggles with potty training, but there is a lot of amazing things that you will see your toddler do during these years. I want you to enter the toddler years understanding toddler development and behavior so you can better approach tricky situations with your child. With resources on picky eating, potty training, tantrums, and other common toddler behavior like sleep refusal and toddler development, the toddler resources here at Peds Doc Talk aim to provide you with the knowledge you need to, dare I say, find some or a lot of enjoyment in the toddler years. For more on my on-demand courses, make sure to visit PedsDocTalk.com and check out resources for whatever you need. Have a friend? It also makes a perfect gift. Visit PedsDocTalk.com and click courses for more.